fictional friends, and welcome to another episode of Fully Booked. I'm Megan. And I'm Shireen. And we are continuing our talks, our discussions, whatever you want to call them, about uh, everything paranormal and supernatural for the month of February. Mm-hmm. Um, this probably comes out around Valentine's Day, but, you know, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, there's some romance yeah. and some paranormal yeah, yeah. sometimes. Yeah, no, it's true. We don't judge. No. <laughs> However you want to spend your Valentine's Day. I think think around the time that this episode comes out, uh, the new Diablo Cody movie, their Lisa Frankenstein, is coming out. So I kind of want to go see that because I feel like it's going to be a fun time. Yes. Um, Everybody likes a Diablo Cody script because all the dialogue is so bizarre that you just kind of get into it while you're watching the movie so if anybody's seen like juno mm. or jennifer's body that's she oh, wrote that's right. both yeah. of those scripts mm-hmm. so so i'll be curious to see how this one turns out what's just about I'm like sure a, a teenage girl in the 80s who resurrects like some sort of victorian boy yes basically yeah i think i saw the trailer <laughs> yeah for it, it looks fun <laughs> so <laughs> so i'm looking forward to it but anyway today um we're going to be talking about paranormal and supernatural fiction but how you know we tend to lean obviously into like horror or like creepier scarier aspects of it but also you know that paranormal now doesn't really have to mean scary anymore and there are like quite a few examples of that and how a lot of authors are kind of taking sort of like general base ideas and running with them in a totally different direction than you would expect it to go you know yeah, we've been seeing this for the last, uh, what, 20 years, 20, 30 years, maybe. That yeah. There's been a, a surge of, you know, yeah, like just different ways of, of looking at the paranormal. And, and I, I, for one, I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm totally fine <laughs> with it. Um, oh, right. Before we get started, Shereen, what's on your nightstand? Oh, well. I finished reading Fourth Wing and Iron Flame. Okay, you did both, yeah. <laughs> oh, they were so good. If you haven't read them, go read them. Um, I would say, like, the book Hangover isn't as severe as uh, when I finished A Court of Thorns and Roses. Um, Maybe because there are fewer books as well. I think so, because um, there's only two in the series for now. Yeah. I did read that she is planning on having five in total, Um I did really like them. Uh, I think it was mostly because of the dragons. Uh, I love dragons every time there's a story with a dragon especially a dragon who talks <laughs> uh i'm here for it so really enjoyed um these books just like mainly for that reason because you know otherwise like there's a lot of elements that you can find in other stories yeah. but um i thought it was well written um exciting storyline and really good way of dropping clues from the author i have to say okay. um so yeah definitely recommend it what cool. about you megan um, I am currently, I'm, I think I'm about halfway through a book called Near the Bone by Christina Henry, which is a kind of a mix of different things, psychological thriller horror, definitely leans into the horror quite a bit as well about a young woman who lives up in a very isolated cabin in the mountains with her husband. Ugh. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Um, and there's, there are many indications Spoiler, 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 if you were planning on ever reading this book, there are many indications that this man kidnapped her when she was young and brainwashed her into thinking that she's his wife. So, Oh, I hate that. Yeah, so it's terrible. Um, and Don't like that. No, um, and this is this sort of story of her realization, and I think trying to break away from this and figure out how to save herself is also compounded with some sort of seemingly very large 
creature, supernatural creature of some sort in the woods up near where they are, as well as for the first time in years, them having come across like strangers who are hiking up in that area who are kind of entangling themselves into this plot line as well. So it's sort of like a mix of like, you know, different people kind of interrupting everything that she's come to know as her reality, which I think is helping her um, psychologically to break out of Mm. the preconceived notions that she has because it seems... That must be a a heavy read. Yeah, it's very very upsetting also uh, because there's quite a bit of domestic violence within the story as well um, because of the way that her husband treats her and everything which is like, you know, there's a lot to kind of work through, but it's an interesting sort of um, coming together of like a few, almost a few different stories that you're meshing into like one main plot point. Mm. Um, It's good so far. I like it. This is actually my first Christina Henry book. I don't think I've ever read any of her other stuff. I know she's done a lot of um, sort of horror retellings to a certain extent of um, certain stories like The Little Mermaid and like other like uh, like folk tales and folklore and things like that. I've seen like quite a bit of that um, from her, but I've never read any of her stuff before. So this is my first kind of foray into her writing and I'm enjoying it mm. so far anyway. Well, yeah, it's very appropriate for this yes. time of year, isn't it? Also, it's every it's it's snowy up in the mountains, like it's the middle of winter. Oh, well, there you go. And so it just very, felt very appropriate. Got like a very misery feel to yeah, it. Yeah, very snowy horror with supernatural elements right. to it, kind of thing. So yeah, so I'm liking it so far. Anyway, we'll see. I'll see how everything ends because I find a lot of stories like this. It, a lot of your final thoughts really hang on like the twist or yeah. how the characters manage to get themselves out of whatever situation right. they're in. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that all plays out. I don't know. I hope her husband dies a horrible, painful death. <laughs> and that's all I'm hoping for at the moment. You don't want much. No. <laughs> that's all I need. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Let's, you know, talk about some paranormal, but, you know, not paranormal. Oh, wait. You know what? I have to go off on a tangent first that no one's going to care about. Um <laughs> Uh, I have a question because I feel like I came across this online and I'm sure people are going to be like, fuck yes, Megan, but I don't know anything um, about fantasy stuff. I always just catch up with it later. Uh, did I see that there's a new A Court of Thorns and Roses book that's out? It's Crescent City, number it's three. Um, so Because I thought I saw something. I think I follow Sarah Moss on Instagram and mm-hmm. I thought I saw something from her with regards to like... Court of that and Roses. universe. Hang on a second. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look into this. Everybody, fucking hold, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See, this is what I'm seeing. Um, something about a character named Bryce and yeah. a book called House of Flame and Shadow. Right. So, okay. So, I will elaborate on this point because I've been down this rabbit hole. Okay. So, in the states, actually, all over the world. Um, UK, US, and Canada, Mm -hmm. and Australia, I believe, they get um, special edition copies of Sarah Moss's books, which include additional content, depending on which country you buy it from and which store you buy it from. Oh, God. And so um, Crescent City, the first two books came out, and the third one came out on January 31st, uh, A House of whatever it's called. Yeah, House of Flame and Shadow. Flame and Shadow. Um, And in the U.S., there's a Barnes & Noble special edition that has additional um, 
uh, what you might call it, content oh. with Bryce and Asriel, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. I, say, I th- saw something yeah. quickly, Nesta, Asriel, and some of them one Bryce. named Bryce, and I was like, yes. that? But yeah, okay. So all of Sarah Moss's books, I believe she's um, weaving them all together. She's created a whole like universe. Like a multi-universal yeah. kind of, or like everything exists in the same universe, I Yeah, guess. so like in Throne of Glass, there's a very like, subtle nod to uh Feyre and okay. Resand. Um and then so now she's starting to weave it together with the oh, Crescent City books. Okay, thank yeah. you for clarifying that because I was I saw I came across this the other day and I was like I'm I feel like there would have been a bigger deal about this that I would have yeah. seen like what's happening right no, now. It's Crescent City, but people are going bananas. Bananas over, over it. it. Okay, yeah. yeah, that's that makes sense. Okay. Sorry. Totally veered off into like no like no. nonsensical territory because <laughs> I was very annoyed and I didn't know what that was about. <laughs> I know, but that in itself was a spoiler. People were pretty mad that uh, that information was released. They oh, were really? Like, they were like, if I want to read it, and it's like, yeah, but I need to know where I have to go get my special edition copy. Yeah, from. I think that, that, I'm pretty sure that's why they would have, like, given the information yeah. out to people, because also they want to create the hype for people to want to buy it as well, like this specific yeah. edition to be like, hey, look, 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 yeah. look. Like, that Barnes & Noble one is going to be probably a very popular one. Yeah, of course. For that that's reason. it, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Tangent. Anyway. Paranormal stuff. Okay. <laughs> paranormal fiction. Um, yeah, no, I would definitely say that uh, there was probably a time, you know, maybe probably before you and I were even born where when you thought of paranormal and supernatural stories, they were horror based or horror coded. Like always, there was always an element of like more horror to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. Like hauntings and death and even, um, magic and things like that. Like those sorts of, in an evil way. Yes. Because it was, but you can also argue that that was because like before we were born, for example, like this is all the church, you know? Yes, like, and some of the most <laughs> some of the most famous um, books, and in a lot of cases, books that got film adaptations too, were stories that were very horror based. Like, what am I thinking of? Carrie, right? Right. So you know, like a psychic teenager, but everything in that story that she deals with is so horrific because of the abuse that she experiences at the hands of her mother, and then the bullying that she deals with at school because of how sheltered she is and how strange she seems to people. Like all of that, you know. So it's very horror coded. Uh, the yeah, Exorcist. It was if also you wanna... a gray area, though, like with Carrie, because there was an explanation of why she is the way she is. Yeah. Um, it wasn't about like you know destroying Carrie because it was from her point of view. Like, yeah. We were saying this earlier that, like, in the earlier days, paranormal, like, especially, like, ghosts and, you know, these evil creatures of the night, Mm -hmm. it was all about, like, defeating them and beating them and, like, you know, good triumphing over evil. Yeah, there had to be some sort of happy resolution. But yes, I would say, I mean, yeah, if you look at earlier books, like, some things, like, some, a lot of Stephen King's stories, um, I think started to push out to maybe the, like, a wider audience Mm -hmm. that, these stories wouldn't always have a happy ending, you know, because spoiler alert, Carrie dies at the end of the story. So, but she got hers. (laughs) Yeah, she sure did. Um, you know, that's it. But Carrie dies at the end of the story. Um, uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, the exorcist, both priests die. Like, yes. Okay. Regan and her mom are okay at the end of the story, but like, you know, both priests are killed, uh, in trying, trying to help her, basically trying to fix, um, or like rid her of the demon that's possessing her uh, you know a lot but of these the demon is not personified like it, we just know that it's evil it's pazuzu that's what they call it right but it's that ancient um you know like an ancient demon basic but it and it also I've, i believe that there are there are a lot of 
um, clues that it's several demons almost that have kind of come together to possess this young girl basically because she's accidentally let them in because she was fiddling around with like a seance Mm -hmm. or like a Ouija board or something. Right. And she accidentally, you know, uh, allows them, basically allows them in pretty much. Um, but, but, you know, I feel like so much of that in the last, like maybe 50 years or so has transitioned to a point where that's just not something that you're seeing as often anymore, you know, in the sense that, yes, is there a lot of paranormal and supernatural horror? A hundred percent there is, of course there is, but it's not always the most popular. Mm. Um, and you can find so many different types of stories, um, across all genres that, you know, have certain paranormal elements added to them. Well, and that's why I enjoy, like, as I was trying to very unclearly say at the beginning of this, I enjoy the, like, paranormal non-horror genres because there's an exploration of, like, the character or the being itself, you know, um... And it's to me, I find it very like enamoring, you know, like if you read any story about like a vampire or a werewolf mm-hmm. or something that's not like a horror based genre. No, no, because you, there's so much of that now that's not horror based anymore. Right. But you get that. to learn about like the character and like sometimes like what their life has been, their history, right. what they've seen, their opinions of things like they tend to have um, interesting personalities in books, whereas from a horror perspective, um, it's it's Often, not always, but, uh, and we have evolved in that space as well, but to begin with, it was all about the evil itself yes. and just being like, this thing is bad. We need to kill it. Mm-hmm. That's all. Weirdly, you know? I would say based on, I guess, like some of the reading that I've done, like some of the books that I've read, I feel like in the, if we're sticking with like a vampire subgenre, for instance, I do feel like in terms of character exploration of the actual, you know, vampire themselves yeah. and everything, I do feel like Anne Rice has a lot to do oh, she does. with why we started looking at that a little bit yeah. more where we, we, sort of moved away from the Dracula type of vampire where it's like this is the evil character yeah. and we have to defeat him and Jonathan Harker has to find a way with Van Helsing to kill yeah. um, the creature basically which is you know like how it's referred to and everything like that and it's all through his journal entries and stuff and it's very much told from the perspective of the, the human characters or humanoid characters versus something like Anne Rice where you're like oh okay this is told from the perspective like Interview of the Vampires from the perspective of Louis who is a mm-hmm. vampire and then the vampire Lestat is Lestat's story and you know in Queen of the Damned you also like there are like mixes of other characters in there who are human but so much of her content that she wrote was really based in like that's it the paranormal or supernatural element itself and the creature itself and how that creature came to be mm. and so it humanizes them yeah. more which i think an audience really appreciates and i'm sure it, and look we've seen more and more of that if you go anywhere from between like you know Anne rice and twilight stuff like everybody wants that kind of yeah, thing now they want diaries and vampire diaries like they want to humanize those characters there's yeah. no more like oh this is like this vampire or this werewolf or whatever creature it is yeah is the bad guy no we've always got a a gray area yeah and we always have to humanize them in some way like they're not simply evil because of whatever affliction they have whether it's vampirism or you know like anthropy or anything like that yeah and i I think like you know that evolution also comes from you know us evolving as a society too obviously um you know when 
when ghost stories first came about, like pick up any ghost story from, you know, 19, you know, 19th century, for example, there's a lot of ghost stories. They use those to explain away things that they could not explain, you know, because they didn't have the science or they didn't have, you know, the psychology or they didn't have anything like the number of books about like, you know, women who get sent away because they're like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, bothered in some way and they put it down to a supernatural cause or something, you know? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. There's a creak in the house. uh, It must be a ghost. A way to, a way to explain away like women's supposed overreactions to things and like, oh, the wailings of women Women. and, you know, women are always so neurotic and they overreact to everything and they also, and they don't, the women never or rarely ever in those older stories run and face the the entity whatever it is that's haunting them no no they simply go mad because it's so easy for a woman to go mad and then it's the male character detective uh, her husband whoever it is comes in and has to and it realizes oh she wasn't crazy even though i had her institutionalized (laughs) an actual ghost here and my my wife is now by the seaside like she's been rolled into the sea probably exactly (laughs) yes exactly that's it it's just there's so much of that yeah. that happens that I do and I think I do think that also more modern stories have helped a little bit that way because oftentimes they um they feature a female lead mm, in a lot of yeah. cases not in every case okay I'm generalizing no. but in so many cases and a lot of the stories that become very popular do feature a female lead who's like well I'm in this house and there's something fucking weird going on <laughs> and I have to figure out what it is yeah you know and I think that that's also where we've gotten into we don't want women to be one-dimensional crazy people anymore so what like what else can we do to help along with this well we can make the story less scary yeah and have the have it be like a little bit more comedic for instance Mm -hmm. and the lead character she's examining things from a different perspective and sometimes yes like you know it's still very serious subject matter but oftentimes um because she's stopping and thinking Mm -hmm. you don't lean as much into the horror you lean more into like you know like maybe like something funny or something Mm -hmm. a little bit lighter Mm -hmm. for for an audience and I think that's how we've wound up with so many of these stories yeah. where there might be like still like horror elements woven throughout the story itself but the main kind of tone isn't really horror it's yeah. more it's more romance or it's comedy or it's a mystery or it's this or it's that kind of thing um that you know I think a lot of people probably appreciate because it's just like you don't have to put ghosts in a box of like they're right. only scary or <laughs> you know vampires are only trying to kill you yeah. or werewolves only can never control themselves when they shift you know like right. all of that kind of stuff that that's just not something that you see as often anymore <clears throat> I mean I wrote um a little while ago if you guys want to check it out on the site I wrote an entire list of supernatural rom-coms mm-hmm. that you can read yeah, you know because that that became like that's its again, own subcategory now <laughs> Twilight. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's become a whole, like, oh, yeah. booming industry. I like, love a supernatural rom-com. I They're mean, fun. We were, just, we were just saying um, Allie Hazelwood had a new one oh, come out. Oh, she's got a new one. Yeah, that's it. She's had a new one coming out this month. I forget when exactly. I pre-ordered I it. February 7th. I pre-ordered I it. I pre-ordered it, too. <laughs> it looks so fun. It's, it's like, like about, it's, yeah, it's a romance between a werewolf and a vampire. Uh, yeah, and I, I was wait. like, oh, fuck, fine. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> side note, so <laughs> Allie Hazelwood um, wrote, uh, what's it called? 
like oh, the love. Of, yeah, um, whatever. I think a lot of people will know her, right? She's big in the romance community. Yeah. She did like the love hypothesis. Like a That's lot of right. like STEM romances but are her thing. Her OG one, the love hypothesis, hypothesis the one that I read, um, I was like, okay, read this book, cool, finish it, and then realize that it was a Kylo Ren fanfic. So I said to Megan, do you think that this new one is a fanfic from Twilight? Twilight. And I'm like, if it is, I am so here for it. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pretend that it is. I'm going to yeah. pretend that it's a semi-gender swapped version of if Edward and Jacob had gotten together, <laughs> and that's going to be it's it gonna for me. Yeah. It's going to be great. Um, so yeah, so I pre-ordered it, so I'm curious to read that and see what it's like. That'll be our valentine's day read yeah <laughs> seems accurate yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i have an entire there's an entire subcategory of that's it like supernatural rom-coms some of them are like much lighter some of them just have like paranormal elements yeah. in them a little bit um but there are so many of them i mean fuck okay last week we literally talked about just like heaven oh, which God. yeah i mean the film leads more into the rom-com yeah. side of things not well mm-hmm. but it does <laughs> not well no <laughs> but it does lead into like the comedic kind of aspect of things but if you were to ignore the the film and just focus on the book, the book itself is basically a paranormal romance yeah. because a romance does develop between the characters right. throughout the course of the story. So, and again, that's it. It's like paranormal because it's like, is she a ghost? Is she not a ghost? What's going on? And they do talk about like psychic phenomena and things like that mm-hmm. as well. Um, but yeah, I feel like we, I feel like, again, it's sort of that we live, it's ridiculous. We live in a, well, we live in a post Harry Potter world yeah. where magic became commonplace and wasn't only, uh, you know, witches with crooked noses and big yes. hats on. And evil things. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it wasn't just like warlocks who were doing something terrible. You know, mm-hmm. it's also people just living day to day with magical abilities, which yeah. I think really normalized things for a lot of people in the book sphere. And then we transitioned from that where we decided to go a little bit darker because we were like, okay, well, there isn't only magic. Here is like, you know, here is like Twilight. Here is something where there are uh, vampires Mm. and werewolves and that, you know, like that, yes, there are fights and there are different factions of Mm. them and things like that. And there's this whole, you know, kind of universe that exists. And then from there you get into other types of stories as well where it's like, oh, well, these um, these characters are fallen angels. Yes. Oh, God. You know? <laughs> Plug for our uh, fallen, podcast for our fallen episode. <laughs> oh, that movie. Oh, guys. Can you just go listen to the episode so at least, like, uh, you know what we did this for about. a reason? <laughs> <laughs> we sat through that we movie. We sat through the movie painfully. for a reason. <laughs> oh, it's terrible and so funny. Anyway. <laughs> I think we spent that entire episode shouting, but... Oh my god, it was so bad. It was so bad. But that did become... And I wonder if that's kind of like the evolution that we were talking about, right? Like, kind of away from the church um, explanation for... Where it's always scary and it's it's always always bad. It's always bad. And now it's like, now that there's been like this surge of appreciation for paranormal and supernatural, it's like, oh, now we need to plug in some angels, too. Yeah. In in here, you know? uh, Fucking, wow, god, what is that series, Crave... By Tracy Wolf. Oh, I didn't read I it. I read the first book, and God, I'm a masochist, so I'm probably going to read all of them, because there's like five, so anyway, uh, I'll, I'll get to them at some point or another, but I've read that first book, and it's also, again, like, I mean, granted, it leans very heavily into, like, a Twilight-style story, like, man, some of the 
some of the pieces of plot and things, I was like, good Lord. It's like she just took it and ran in a slightly different direction with it and made it like, you know, anywhere where she kind of like meshed together several different aspects where it's like, okay, well, you know, like there are supernatural beings, um, but we're also at a very um, sort of isolated uh, special school, which again, like is also like another Hogwarts. another trope that you see like very regularly. That's now become a big thing. Yeah. It has, exactly. So a lot of those different aspects of things, you know, so it's so funny because, because I was just reading and I believe, uh, what is it? There are vampires in that. There are dragons. They look oh, like people, there? but there are dragons. The dragons look like people. Yes, ma'am. Oh, no, I can't read this series. <laughs> it's no. terrible. Anyway, uh, but you know, there are dragons. There are all kinds of different like supernatural type creatures. There are like witches and stuff like that. Anyway, there's all kinds of things going on there because we've just like meshed all of them together but I'm even trying to think of things like um now a lot we like to do what we like a lot now too um is you know you take the non-scary um route and you go and you really like play it off as comedy like good omens is a really good kind of example of that and it's so fun when you take Neil Gaiman does a lot of that he's so good at it so good and he co-wrote that with Terry Pratchett as well so Mm -hmm. and they're both very much like that like we take something um that you like maybe the source material or the original folktale or folklore yeah. around it was much more serious and we <laughs> we make it a little bit Whimsical. funny yeah but like neil gaiman and terry pratchett are able to do that the way that tolkien was able to yes, do that yeah they're probably the most tolkien-esque writers that we have in our generation in like for a modern yeah. audience mm-hmm. basically that it where it leans like you know much more into things that are much more appealing to yes. a modern audience as well and they're mm-hmm. really, they both really have this incredible ability to be able to do that, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that it speaks to the era that we're in where that's it. We're willing to take things that are very biblical and make them yeah. funny, you know. <laughs> yeah, we've got angels, angels and demons and yeah. stuff in there. But they're very kind of like goofy to an extent. And some of the things that happen to them are silly. Yeah. Um, even when they're trying to prevent the end of the world. Like it's still silly. Like there's yeah. still these funny little, funny little elements that are added and quirky characters and stuff that we really like to add to this kind of thing. And I also think that... Um, so like, we're also in a time I find where we we do kind of lean into, uh, the idea of certain retellings that use like kind of paranormal, a lot of paranormal elements to a certain degree, but we're really in like an age of like mythology retellings mm. and things like that. Like all of like the Madeline Miller stuff, mm. like Circe and yes. like all of those things. And the Hades and Persephone. Hades series. and Persephone are having a time these mm. last five or six years. Mm. Boy, like the number of series that pop up, like, you know, the, all of the um, Touch of Darkness and stuff by Scarlet St. Clair and like the Hades saga that exists there. Uh, Lore Olympus, which is that really popular graphic novel series about them. And there's like three or four other ones as well that I've seen mm-hmm. um, because again we're making it romantic. We're like well, even we, if and there's we're also making it very spicy. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> it's easy to with things like that because yeah. like honestly, like a lot of like if you look into older like you know Greek mythology and things like that, a lot of that shit was really spicy. Like guys, That's true, yeah, like oh, yeah, oh my god, Zeus never stopped having sex ever. Yeah, but it was a... it was gross. But the number <laughs> yeah. of like creatures women that that man impregnated like good lord well he'd come for a weekend trip to earth and impregnate three women yeah that's it exactly like god that sounds tiring and like a lot of alimony that you never dealt with (laughs) 
What would he pay alimony in lightning bolts? <laughs> Me. Like, he would just make sure that they were provided for forever and they never wanted for anything. They could go live on Mount Olympus. Yeah, and their, their, you know, their crops would never sully and yeah. things like that. They would never have a problem. <laughs> they would just have, you know, they would be set for life. He should have done that. He was the fucking god of all gods. impregnated you. Your crops were now not, will now never sully. <laughs> Megan's retelling. My retelling. In my retelling, Zeus is nice, even though he was a piece of shit. It was awful. Yeah, he was terrible. The Disney version just makes him so much nicer. Yeah, I don't think that's accurate. (laughs) That entire movie is not accurate. It's fun, but it's not accurate. Oh, we should watch that. Oh, God. (laughs) Anyway, it doesn't matter. That's not what we're talking about. No, okay, but I think that it's kind of all of that to say that I would say yes. Now... Where, if anything, we're leaning away from the idea that paranormal is scary. Yeah. We're like, yeah, okay, those those stories still exist. Yeah. They still are published every year. I usually yeah. read a couple of them every year. Yeah. But it is really not what the book industry relies on that much anymore. We're really into the idea of like, oh, we can take uh, these paranormal elements and put them into, especially putting them into a regular world, like a regular Mm -hmm. modern world and just seeing how, like throwing that in there and seeing how all of the characters, including, you know, whatever paranormal element they're experiencing or not, how they all adapt to that and how those types of elements that were once considered, I think, something that was just good for creaky old houses, how those adapt to a modern setting now too and what that does to the story, to the characters everything yep yeah but what what do you guys think yeah you guys (laughs) do you guys only like like paranormal horror or things that are like a little bit darker in tone or do you like the idea of like that's it a lot of these stories that exist now where there are paranormal elements but you know uh, things are a little bit maybe lighter in tone overall Mm -hmm. and storyline overall you know everybody's got their different kind of preferences so you can let us know about that over on instagram tiktok and threads at fully booked ca and you can also check out our facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash book was way better but until next week guys keep on reading thanks everyone